The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Wrestling to the Max SmackDown Review. And we are live to the W2M Network, www.w2mnet.com, for the Wrestling to the Max Smackdown Live review for November 7th, 2017. I am your host. My name is Harry Broadhurst. Good evening, everybody. And, well, do we got some stuff to talk about with you tonight. Joining me, as per usual, my co-host, Miss Liz Pugh. Wait a second. <laughs> Liz! Liz, where... Uh, Liz, unfortunately, had a family situation. She will not be able to join me this week. We're hoping to have her back next week. But filling in the always capable Paul Leeser. You know, that's what it says on my uh, resume right underneath my name. Always capable. I thought it said goddamn professional. And that's afterwards. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> so, if only they actually do something on these European shows, Paul. It's like they never give us anything worth talking about. Yeah, I mean, it's like they're always dull and nothing ever happens. And, you know, we're just left to be bored for hours on end. I'm going to give the devil his due here and quote Tom Phillips. The first WWE heavyweight title change outside of North America. AJ Styles is the new SmackDown Live heavyweight champion, having pinned the modern-day Maharaja. Not bad. That's pretty good. Could use use a little more work. Mm -hmm. Jinder Mahal, the experiment is finally over. And the drug test is possibly in, if you believe the rumors. As AJ Styles is the new SmackDown Live Heavyweight Champion at 16 minutes and 45 seconds. Clean as a whistle, phenomenal forearm. So, I gotta tell you, Paul. I gotta be entirely honest with you here. Mm -hmm. I am salivating at the thought of Brock and AJ at Survivor Series next Sunday. Yeah, I think uh, the the he- battle of the heavyweight champions just went from my God, this is going to be a squash to dear Lord, we could have something very very special on our hands, uh, and something that certainly could maybe sell some extra tickets if it hadn't sold out yet. The thought process that I have here is this mm-hmm. goes from arguably the most worthless match of Brock Lesnar's run back in the WWE outside of maybe one of the three Triple H matches because let's be honest, going to well that well three times was a mistake. Mm-hmm. To is this the most must-see title defense in Brock Lesnar's WWE career? Ooh. I, the only one that I could think of that I was more excited for was the Royal Rumble triple threat. Yeah, I mean that triple threat was incredible. I uh, mean you I- had the you had the excellent four-way from SummerSlam this year as well. Oh, yeah, I was excited for that, too. I, I would also maybe wager that 
depending on people's feelings and love from Goldberg, maybe that was too. I understand that might not be your cup of tea, but there are more people than just you and me in this wrestling world, Harry. <laughs> yeah, well, I stand by my snores, and it has nothing to do with Brock, although I'll admit Brock can get a little one-note at times. That being said, this AJ Brock match, ooh, Styles and Cena from the Rumble's in trouble. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that 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 are the, the New Day Usos Hell in a Cell match might be the two best matches from WWE this year, main roster-wise. Well, yeah, I was going to say, if you're going to factor in the associates, then you have to look at the uh, the two the uh, UK guys, and we'll talk more about them in our 205 Live meets. We're, I'm officially dubbing tonight's 205 Live episode 205 UK Live. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say 205 Live Governor or something like that. <laughs> Just for that, I'm using that when we introduce the show, and I'm not giving you credit. Okay, good. <laughs> Not that you would want the credit, but anyway, here back to what I was talking there. Um, I almost think that they're going to kind of use this to pull Mahal away from the Singh brothers as well, because it, it was kind of uh, secondary as it was happening. But as Styles was celebrating the title win there, you saw Mahal basically abuse the Singh brothers at ringside. Mm-hmm. Maybe Mahal realizes he needs stronger backup than a pair of guys that combined weigh is about as much as AJ, or you know, his steroid riddled body. Uh, <laughs> I you know I wouldn't be shocked. The Singh brothers are very capable in the ring, so uh, and they do need tag teams uh, on either brand. So a move in a repackage or something could be in store. I don't. I I mean I think it's just an easy way to sort of write off the relationship if Mahal's going to serve the thirty days uh, going forward. Do you think the you think the positive piss test is an actual thing? Do you think, think it's so. speculation? I think so. I feel like they wouldn't have pulled him from that Survivor Series match with the fact that they've done as much as they have to build up to Mahal and, and Lesnar at Survivor Series if he had it pop positive. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been it. The only thing that would make me think otherwise is uh, the upcoming tour of India. Um, and it, if it's just bad timing, then it's just bad timing. But that would be the only reason I would think that there would be uh, something else... Well, history has history has shown that they have known to err in the side of caution of letting the guys wait to drop the title organically rather than quick shotting it off of them. See the Roman Reigns situation from before. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's a completely different situation as far as I think how they, this was an experiment versus a guy who they're bit bound and determined to make their number one. No matter how many tests he fails, right? <laughs> dun dun dun. Apparently, you know what else he can't pass right now? A mumps test. I mean, he's going to be on Raw next week. Yahoo. (laughs) Feel the excitement. Actually, there is something to be excited about, and it brings us right to the start of tonight's episode of SmackDown. Segway! As Shane McMahon has a promo-ish, kind of, sort of. It's more of an introduction of sorts, and a terrible dancing she says, I haven't seen anybody dance that badly with New Day since his brother-in-law did it. Anywho. <laughs> so Shane brings down the New Day to talk about the fact that the New Day decided to put Raw under siege to the John the John claude Van Damming. Electric Boogaloo. Indeed. As New Day showed up at the end of Raw and ended up costing Ambrose and Rollins their WWE tag team. Well, Raw World Tag Team. I can't keep them straight. The Raw Tag Team titles. The ones with the red straps. 
Yes, those ones. <laughs> As they drop the belts to Sheamus and Cesaro. We'll talk tag teams here in a little bit on SmackDown Live, but there is something to come out of tonight's episode of SmackDown going towards that Survivor Series tag match as well. So we'll get to that, I promise. As far as this particular segment goes, the New Day comes out, Shane dances terribly, and then they are interrupted by the Sammy and Kevin show. Or, alternatively, the Sammy and Kevin show. Mm-hmm. And we set up a match for tonight, which would end up being Sami Zayn versus Kofi Kingston. We'll get to that next. And a little bit later on in the show, it is announced that it will be Stenerico, <clears throat> sorry, Zayn and Owens, taking on The New Day next Tuesday night here on SmackDown Live. First, tonight's episode, and we talk about the Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. First, the segment itself, what did you think? I and then we'll was... talk about the match. Yeah, I thought this was fine. Uh, Shane was a little long-winded once again, but I thought, uh, the New Day were their usual selves. I kind of like them being the front line, uh, for SmackDown just because it, it makes them feel important even though they're not carrying the tag titles, which is something WWE spectacularly fails at, is trying to make more than one tag team feel important at a time. Uh, so I dig this, and, and I'm super excited for what could very well lead to the New Day taking on the Shield at Survivor Series. I think that'll be a great match. And uh, I, I love Sammy and KO together. Sammy feels like a brand new person. Kevin Owens seems very content to sort of sit back and play the supporting role, uh, even though he is the one sort of pulling the strings here. It, it feels like it's Sammy's ball to run with right now, and that's something I think I appreciate more. Okay, first, the segment itself. I feel like New Day versus S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to be a thing at Survivor Series. So let's look at the 10-man men men elimination match. Let's look at Brock Lesnar versus AJ Styles. Let's look at the potential of the Shield versus the New Day. Let's look at the potential of Sheamus and Cesaro against the Usos. Uh, This is looking an awful lot like your main pay-per-view card of the year for the (laughs) WWE, is it not? It certainly does look like they're trying like the Dickens to make this show matter, Uh, which I'm fine with, right? I mean, you want to sell the brand split, you want to sell the show, uh, and you want to make it feel like at least you're getting the best out of every single competitive match you're going to have between the brands, and so far it really does feel like that. I mean, even Miz and Baron Corbin has been made to seem like something important here, and a lot of that has to do with Mike Mizan and just being straight-up freaking money on the microphone as per usual. That's the only one I would say there's a bit of downside to, unless you're paying attention to social media and watching them cut promos across Twitter and stuff. Uh, Mike Mazanning, thre- Mike Mazanin threatening to knock Baron Corbin's teeth down his bleeping throat is one of the best lines in the WWE this year. <laughs> because it was said with such fire and such passion that I guarantee you nobody wrote that for him. I mean, they really shouldn't be writing any of the Mrs. promos at this point. That's that's fair. Okay, so you mentioned you mentioned that they're keeping Sammy relevant by having him associate with associated with KO. Unfortunately, their booking is not keeping Sammy relevant. As yet again, Sammy goes down to defeat. This time pinned by Kofi Kingston with a crossbody block at 9 minutes and 52 seconds. Seriously, Paul, what the what with Sammy's booking? I, I was really hoping a lot more from this match, uh, and the finish just sort of comes a little bit out of nowhere, and suddenly it's over after they had built up the to the big trading finisher sort of deal. I dig the idea of Sammy and Kevin Owens against the New Day, especially around Survivor Series time where, like I said, the New Day is the front line of SmackDown, and the war for Sammy and Kevin is to make the blue brand theirs and target people that Shane likes. And to that end, I think... 
this is merely just a setup to something bigger. I would have liked Sammy to win here, though, too. Yeah, I'm sitting there the entire time this match is finishing, and I'm thinking to myself, what What the Yeah. Not something I expect to see on SmackDown, because typically top-to-bottom SmackDown is handled very well creatively. And this is just one of those glaring weaknesses here that you could have just as easily put Xavier Woods in this situation and had him drop a fault to Sami Zayn here in order to give Sami some kind of relevancy after losing last week to Randy Orton in the opening match of the show to cost him a spot on Team SmackDown. Has he won you wanna- since the heel turn? I don't think he has. Once. He pinned Orton in a tag match the week prior with the low blow, followed by the Haluva kick. That's right. That's right. I, my mind's like a sieve. Sometimes stuff sticks. Sometimes it doesn't. That one did. <laughs> I'm just so used to whenever I watch SmackDown now, I see Sammy losing. Sammy I, losing? Yeah. It's sad. No kidding. <laughs> no kidding. Negative pandas. That yes. is my thought on this. Negative pandas. <laughs> The match itself is okay, but nothing special. I feel like these two are capable of more at the same time. I feel like there's a greater story to be told here. And I feel like the resultant tag team match next week on SmackDown, Teddy Long special tag match player, will be much better than this particular singles match was, in my opinion. I would also assume that gets the main event slot, too, so they'll probably get some time to really run with it. I'm also expecting Sammy and Kevin to get involved some way, somehow, in one of the Survivor Series matches as well. So that should be interesting as well. You know, I, I've been thinking about that since they... I mean, there's still an open spot, obviously, for, for SmackDown, which we'll talk about how that's still a thing here in a little bit, but I they're running out of people that's not Sammy or Kevin Owens to fill that spot, and I still think one of those guys is going to end up getting it. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that open spot on Team SmackDown, because that's actually next. How is it I like to put it? Oh, yeah. Segway! <laughs> Speaking of what the fluck booking, I said fluck for the record. Oh, I swore yesterday on W2M, you're fine. Okay, well, still, (laughs) speaking of, it's Rusev Squash! I mean, what what do you celebrate on Rusev Day? Him losing? Repeatedly? Repeatedly. To the RKO? For like the third time in four weeks? Uh, this really... I, I was thinking that maybe Rusev had a shot this go-around. And it's just... I don't think it's meant to be, Harry. I, I just don't think it's meant to be. I'm almost saying they need to get Rusev off SmackDown. Because at this point, any credibility he had on SmackDown is gone. What is there for him on Raw? That's... <laughs> him, and Aiden, him and Aiden English taking over that tag team division and being the most entertaining thing in it. I, I would like them to do that here, but Raw is in need of some teams pretty badly. I mean, don't get me wrong. Aiden is one of those guys who I loved his gimmick in NXT, and the fact that they're actually able to kind of parlay it into the Rusev character is fantastic to me. Mm-hmm. But Rusev is somebody who is above the tag team division, in my opinion. And while I appreciate that they're using this as an opportunity to allow Aiden English a chance to shine as well, Rusev is somebody who, let's be honest here, a lot of fans are very naturally behind. And I think that bothers the company because there are certain people that the WWE wants to have in this position, (coughs) Roman Reigns, Mm -hmm. that aren't 
Whereas somebody like Rusev has gotten himself so organically over based on the fact that, let's be honest, he's a hilarious son of a bitch. Yes. <laughs> there's no there's no other way to put it. And frankly, his non-PG joke on Instagram had me dying. <laughs> I'm sure you've seen the photo. Yes. I won't repeat it, but if you go to Rusev's Instagram, you'll find the photo in question. It murdered me. <laughs> I, I No matter what social media thing you use, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, he's a great follow on really anything that he's in control of. So that's that would be my recommendation. He loses here. Give him that follow on Twitter. I, I feel like I feel like Lizzie's still here because we're talking follows on Instagram. <laughs> that's that's kind that's kind of her shtick. I want to make sure everybody it, feels at home here. And if there's one thing that we are full of here on the Wrestling to the Max SmackDown Live review, it is shtick. It is. <laughs> Anywho, Orton over clean RKO pinfall six minutes fifty eight seconds. Next. It's a very meh match too. Just nothing to really draw you in, unfortunately. Uh, so, do you want to talk about the entire circumstances leading up to the match, or do you just want to talk about the match itself next? Uh, we can talk about the circumstances if you want to. For the first time in what feels like years, it's intergender in the WWE. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's like a thing that the UK doesn't have the same kind of athletic commission restrictions that America does. Because I'm almost certain if they hadn't gone overseas, this match doesn't happen. Oh, man. I don't know. Uh, you might be right on that just because this is sort of a big thing that uh, I'm going to bring up social media again. If you follow either of them on Twitter or anything like that or pay attention to the little side notes on SmackDown, uh, Becky and James have had beef for a while. And it was kind of nice for them to at least ever since it this way. Ever since James first cost her the Miss Money in the Bank ladder match back in June? June July? Yeah. June or July? One or the other. Before before I started doing these reviews. Yeah, I'll go ahead and double check here real quick. Alright, well he's doing that. Um so there's a backstage segment where James shows up at the women's locker room and wants to talk to, to Carmella. Mm-hmm. He sends Tamina in rather briskly. To get Carmella, and instead Becky Lynch comes out. They have a little bit of a back and forth. James claims that it is Manchester, not Womanchester, which I'll admit made me crack a smile. The fact that I am anti-most things Manchester anyway. Hashtag never walk alone, Sean. (laughs) Sorry, had to get that dig in there. Made me chuckle at that particular line. Becky tells Ellsworth that that was a pretty ballsy thing to say, which is not something I'm used to hearing on SmackDown, and then says it's a shame he doesn't have any. I love Becky. I really do. <laughs> Great wrestler. Uh, I also find her very attractive as well. But she, she's, I think she's really wonderful in these sort of things. And uh, I think when you give her something to sink her teeth into like this, she just knocked it out of the ballpark. And it helps that the crowd is just uh, equally as in love with her as I think I am whenever she comes out for the match. Tony with AJ and Sasha, you with Becky, Patrick with redacted. (laughs) I can't get away from it. I maintain I loved AJ more than Tony did, but... Well, you have the the picture with her to prove it. That's true. I was about to say, it's a conversation for like three years ago now. Um, it, it, meanwhile, I'm just sitting here thinking, I miss hot-ass evil Emma. Oh, don't we all, buddy? 
taken from us far too soon. If it makes you feel any better, the independents are going nuts trying to get her to show up for shows. Yeah, and she's already <laughs> announced she's not taking bookings until February. February. Back yeah. to Smackdown. <laughs> Back to Smackdown. Apparently it got turned into a lumberjack match in no- Lumberjill, technically, I guess. And nobody told me. I I don't think it was officially, but as far as trying to they get They were all it, out there. They were all out there. Uh and with they played the exception- it up. Well, with the exception of Natalia, mm-hmm. carry on. They they were playing it up like it was meant to be some sort of bonding experience for the women's Survivor Series team. Yeah. Again, credit to Corey. Again, credit to Tom Phillips where it is due. The disarm him finishes this match at five minutes and fifty five seconds. Maybe he's better right, so- to you make those Fisher Woman jokes with Patrick over on Wrestling Unwrapped. Yes, it is a Fisher Woman's Buster. <laughs> Deal with it, Ketza. And he, it's not like he's going to listen to this. I don't know why I'm wasting my time. Anyway, back to the uh, matching question here. All right, so I, I get the concept of an intergender match. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when you have somebody as capable of a wrestler as Becky is, I think this kind of stuff is beneath her. I, I get I get the reasoning behind it. I do. I'm not saying that I don't get the reasoning behind it. And frankly, between the two of their interactions in social media, from what of it I've seen on 411 Mania, where you can occasionally catch this review, as well as over on Last Word on Pro Wrestling, from what I've seen of their interactions through the various social media outlets, it's been very entertaining. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I don't feel like I don't feel like this is the uh, I don't feel like this is the best way to go with Becky. I feel like Becky is one of those people who would be better served inside of the ring more with Alana, inside of the ring more with a Tamina, inside of the ring more with a Naomi, inside of the ring more with a Carmella to help develop these younger wrestlers here on the SmackDown brand. Becky may not look it, but she's the second oldest woman, or excuse me, the third oldest of the women on SmackDown there, and she's by far the most experienced of the women on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Having her work with these girls would be an excellent idea here, and. I feel like her talents are wasted against somebody like Ellsworth, who, frankly, probably not going to be around on television, at least not on SmackDown for much longer. Uh, I will say this much. I enjoyed getting the interaction here. I think this was too long. It did not need six minutes, and you can tell because there's some pretty sloppy stuff going on here because, uh, one, I don't think James can really lace up Becky's boots on his best day, and two... Uh, It felt a little thrown together, especially getting towards the end whenever they're working up towards the finish. It's just kind of, well, time to throw in everybody else. Here we go. And that's really all she wrote. So I I agree with you that Becky is the veteran here. However, she's sort of been pushed down the ladder since Charlotte's come over and since they seem pretty intent on pushing the younger crop over her. And I'm not saying that they're using her wrong, even though I wish she had more of a footprint on SmackDown. But they're not even using her in the same way I think you're talking about. She's not in the ring a lot with those girls. Uh, and, and for now, obviously, the, the tone of both Raw and SmackDown is different with Survivor Series coming up. But maybe in the future this will be something that gets touched on more. I don't know. Uh, but I, I don't have a problem with it being Natalia right now either, as far as her walking around with the title and working with everybody, no, I- essentially. I agree with that. I think Natalia is doing an excellent job with what has been presented to her. At the same time, I almost feel like Becky would have been better off in that role if I'm above everybody else on this roster. I just wish they would use her more. I don't really care how, but uh, I mean, and since uh, since she before she got named Survivor Series captain, she wasn't really doing much of nothing. 
And going back when we were doing the reaction with our predictions for the women's Money in the Bank match, I predicted that Becky was going to win Miss Money in the Bank and use it as a catalyst for a heel turn. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you were half right. You just got the <laughs> the winner wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, technically Carmella was a heel going into that match. Uh, yeah. I mean, she was a heel who was getting nothing and now is sort of starting to get something. Well, speaking of Carmella, segue. Super kick to Ellsworth post match here. Um, I think she just booted Ellsworth right off SmackDown to 205 Live. Very, very possible. Um, I mean, I, I what think else? Ellsworth is- could be fun running around with Enzo, honestly. <laughs> I mean, what else is there for Ellsworth to do besides uh, hanging out with Enzo? I mean, he could battle out with the Singh brothers in the battle of the irrelevance, I suppose. But other than that, what really is there for him to do on SmackDown now? It's not like he's ever been portrayed as anything resembling a decent worker on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. He has wings over AJ, but they were fluke victories. He doesn't have any kind of trademark victory on, of his own volition. Mm-hmm. And hey. the, uh, I think the crowd love for him has vastly evaporated into just sort of tolerating him. So, He made Carmella relevant, which I guess is a good thing. He did. At the same... At the same time, though, I think she's above him now. I don't think she needs him anymore because she's able to speak for herself. She's able to get heat for herself. She's able to use her own character to per- get the reactions that they want her to get without having to sacrifice having him by her side. There are ways around it. And I feel like – and I'm going to have this – we're going to do predictions here on the SmackDown Live review next Tuesday, hopefully when Liz is back with our Survivor Series predictions here. Carmella's walking out of Survivor Series with a title. I just don't know which one yet. You know, I I don't know if that's entirely true or not. Uh, because if you, I, I don't have a problem sending her over to Raw um, just because they do need somebody fresh over there to fill that out. But when you already have Alexa over there, what are you going to do with Carmella? So, um, Well, my thought with Carmella is that she would be able to run on her own with taking Alexa's title, which you can almost turn Alexa face with, because let's be honest, there is a large portion of the crowd that wants to cheer Alexa already. Plus, it gives Big Cass a mouthpiece for when he returns. If that's the way they're going to go. And, and I think the Big Cass return is still wiles away. I mean, he's going to be is. for a long time. It is. It is. Looking at it probably early April at, at, the, at the soonest, but at mm-hmm. the same time, I feel like, I also feel like either he's, little, little, I also feel like he's going to want to work with her as well due to the nature of their relationship, too. I don't imagine it's easy with them being separated on the road and being a couple. Uh, I mean, that that's true. Uh, so I, I, I don't know either way. I just, I would see her staying on SmackDown just because she has the spot, and I think she'll she just get overshadowed over an arm Rob. That takes us to our title match, our first of two this evening, as it is the SmackDown tag titles on the line, the blue tag team titles, as we so eloquently put it earlier in the broadcast. <laughs> as Jimmy and Jay, the O's. O's. Thank you. Yeah, I'm here for you. A little bit of a delayed reaction, but I'll take that over no reaction at all. <laughs> it took me a second to realize you were doing a bit. <laughs> it, 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 there's a thing. It, it, like I said, we're full of shtick here on the SmackDown Live review. Anyways, back to the match. They take on, as Jimmy so eloquently put it himself, American Alpha 2.0. Yeah, that's not going to help with the comparisons, Jimmy. Yeah. 
<laughs> Thanks, dick. Anyways, nothing match here as there is a knee clipping and a count out. I will admit, I appreciated the callback back to when the Usos did the same thing to Chad Gable when they were feuding with American Alpha. That being said here, I question how much of this was legit, how much of this was work. And if this was just an end to a means in order to give Cesaro and Sheamus something to target going into Survivor Series. Uh, if it's that far thinking, then I already applaud WWE for thinking farther than they usually do. If it's not, I think it's still a nice way to add heat to this feud. Uh, because Chad has a lot, uh, a lot of history with the Usos. And we've already seen that him and Shelton have some underlying problems together, at least as far as Shelton sees it, because I don't think this is what he had in mind when he got here as far as in-story stuff, you know, so uh, I appreciate all this while I was kind of expecting more of a match than what we got um, I do appreciate that they are trying to tell the story here with Chad uh, so I'm willing to wait this out, and if this is just simply a way to sort of set up the Usos to have something to lose against the bar and have a way out. I think that's really smart thinking, too. Well, let's not forget that before he went to the WWE, Cesaro's main submission move was a stretch muffler across yep. the back of his neck as well. And it would be something that would be interesting to see Cesaro bust out, especially on an already injured wing, a limb for, I think it was Jay Uso that got attacked? I'm not sure. It was Jay. I have a... I have a very difficult time telling them apart. Me and pretty much the rest of the universe. Yeah. <laughs> I think the o- I think the only person that can tell them apart is Naomi, and that's because she's sleeping with one of them. I think some of the announcers probably can, too, since it's their job. Maybe-ish, sort of. <laughs> I've very clearly heard Saxton screw it up and correct himself before, so... Unfortunately, I mean, he's got two other competent commentators out there who probably know the difference. Speaking of competent commentary, there is a line from tonight's 205 Live that we are definitely going to give credit where credit is due, and I feel like it will need a proper singing. In order to hear that, though, you're going to have to listen to the 205 Live review here on the W2M Network. Uh, I think the only thing left to do now is put a rating on this bad boy since we covered Styles and Mahal at the top of the show. Uh, they also uh, made Sin Cara and Baron Corbin for the U.S. title and Charlotte and Natalia next week for the women's title to keep the keep it guessing on who's going to defend. And I think well, the women's title could be up for a title change. Uh, question. Yeah. Sin Cara able to compete? So he he did he sustained a knee injury during the European tour. I would wager it, it's either very minor or not bad enough to keep him out of the ring or to at least job out here. Uh, so, and, and, and or storyline purposes for the sake of this match, there is no match, and Sin Cara gets his. How do I put this politely? We are trying to be a no, we're not. Sin Cara gets his ass beaten next thir- next Tuesday night. That uh, that is more what I would be leaning to, and with uh, with them officially saying that Starcade won't be on the network at all, and it has no no chance of doing so. I, I could see them doing the title change here for Charlotte and have her defend going into Starcade for that house show to just keep on beating Natalia. Plus, I really fancy the idea of Charlotte against Alexa. Well, I mean, they've been kind of teasing it with Alexa, Alexa, Alexa constantly calling herself the goddess, which is above a queen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel kind of bad that I feel kind of bad that Natalia's title run would end on an episode of television rather than at a pay-per-view, but at this point, pay-per-view, television, what's the difference? Yeah, exactly. 
uh, yeah, so, I mean, I agree with you on that. As far as the rating goes, uh, I mean, AJ basically carried Jinder to the best match of his entire career, I would assume. Uh, definitely, I, I thought Jinder looked good, uh, but that's probably so, all on AJ. So <laughs> so what you're saying is is he did not hinder Jinder? He did not hinder himself, uh, you know, unless you count a steroid failure. You know, take that as you will. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Uh, the rest of the show, I think, did very well as far as telling stories while the action was a little bit lacking outside of the main event. I'm going to go six. I'm a little bit higher at a seven, but a lot of that has to do with personal bias and the fact that the title is finally off agenda freaking the hall. <laughs> Mostly because you're not the one that has to sit here and review him every week, Paul. Uh, thank you for taking that bullet for me, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> well, technically, technically, I took the bullet for Sean. Liz took the bullet for you. Uh, either way, thank both of you. <laughs> That's legit. Hey, uh, in fairness, you and Gary still have to do Raw. I think we get the better end of the bargain here. Yeah, I think you do. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Raw, you can listen to Paul Leeser and Gary Vaughn for their Wrestling to the Max Monday Night Raw review, as well as their NXT review coming up a little bit later on in the week. We continue the build to NXT TakeOver War Games. This Wednesday night on the WWE Network and this Thursday night here on the W2M Network, available online at www.w2mnet.com. In addition, you can also hear more of... Oh, wait. I still got to give a rating, don't I? I'll do that after my plugs. I'll do that after my plugs. Screw it. I'm already in the middle of them. (laughs) In addition, you can hear more of my dulcet tones by listening to The Kickoff every Wednesday night here on the W2M Network, as myself, Brandon Biscabing, and Stephen R. break down the week that was and the week that will be in both college and the NFL. Also, myself and Patrick K... Oh, wait, nope. Myself and Jared Hawkins cover No Way Out 2004 this Sunday night on Wrestling Unwrapped as we remember Eddie Guerrero on what would have been one day after the 12-year anniversary of his death. Boy, that's depressing. Thanks, Harry. Sorry. On to brighter notes. My SmackDown rating. Like I said, seven. I already, you did say I already seven. Did you didn't explain it, though. Ah, well, I, I did mention the fact that AJ has saved me from gender Mahal purgatory, which is greatly appreciated. <laughs> A true I superhero still, if there ever was one. Absolutely. He is phenomenal, after all. It's true. Damn true. <clears throat> Wrong show, show. sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, uh, as far as the rest of the show goes, I appreciate what they're trying to do with Sammy and Kevin. While I would appreciate them actually backing it up with the booking of Sammy and Kevin, that would be super. Again, I love the fact that Rusev is getting as much television time as he is. Not necessarily approving of the booking of Rusev because I feel like he's a guy who could have been a low-key card, a low-key show stealer in that five-on-five Survivor Series elimination match. Now it's either going to be a battle royal to determine the final opportunity, or a cluster fudge sickle that no one really cares about next week on SmackDown Live because hello, six days before the pay per view. Mm-hmm. That being said, though. There's more to like here than there is to dislike. The opening segment is fine, and it kind of flies by, even with Shane's awful dancing. Sammy and Kofi is 
tolerable, which is a nice touch for these European shows. Anything around tolerable for these European shows, I'm okay with. <laughs> Especially since it's a pre-tape and we kind of know what's at. Well, if you look it up, you know what's happening in advance. But anything around the tolerable level, because they don't really put in their best efforts when they're overseas. And it's understandable due to the whole jet lag and due to the whole traveling situation, being away from all of the things that they know and love on for such a lengthy period of time. I get it. I do. That being said, moving back to what I was saying here, love the angle for the tag team titles and love the fact that Chad Gable is turning into an absolute dick. Because frankly, it makes perfect storyline sense. He got screwed over by his tag team partner by not even being in the loop on what happened with the Jason Jordan situation. He got auto paired with Shelton Benjamin, which while cool in theory is basically as Jimmy Uso pointed out, American alpha Mm 2.0. He's getting put back against the Usos, a team that he has had a constant beef with in the past and a team that has physically taken him out before costing him his first championship in the WWE or his first opportunity at a championship in the WWE. And they cost him his first titles too. They took the tag titles off of American Alpha on an episode of SmackDown right before WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. All of this there with the tag team division plus obviously AJ standing tall at the end of the show makes this one a seven for me. That's fair enough. I mean, that main event was quite good, so... What, and as far as gender goes, well, what you going to do, brother? Never mind. <laughs> he's going to sit at home for 30 days. That's what he's going to do, Harry. Uh, well, I'm curious as to whether or not they're going to officially announce it or not if it was a suspension. Well, stay tuned to WWE.com for that, and we yeah. might find more information this Thursday night when you're back at us with what here on the W2M Network? Uh, part two of Wrestling to the Max. Also, this Thursday is our NXT review, but on there we'll be talking about Impact and how they try to bounce back from a laughably awful uh, <laughs> Bound for Glory pay per view. <laughs> yeah, you know, you you say you have to watch gender. Uh, I had to watch Bound for Glory, so you win, Harry, by a landslide. Yeah, one of us doesn't have to review TNA on a weekly basis. Yes. <laughs> to to borrow a famous line from a cartoon character in Stewie Griffin, victory is mine. It's true. You win, Harry. 205 Live UK edition is next here. You're listening to the SmackDown Live review here on Wrestling to the Max. Well, I butchered that all up, didn't I? You sure did. You want to try again? Yes, I do. <laughs> the, the, the 205 UK Live is up next year. Thanks for listening to the Wrestling to the Max SmackDown Live review here on the W2M Network. God, somebody get me a drink. You crushed it. The <laughs> Talk to you. W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.